We're so glad that he is here with us, and we are glad to have uh, some awesome heroes with us tonight. And uh, they are the humans that Jasmine talks about. Uh, you've heard us tell the story about Jasmine looking down the steps and saying, Dad, are the humans still here? The humans are here tonight. We're so excited to have the humans back. Amen. We love Brother and Sister Groves, and we want them to come and minister to us. They are missionaries to Kenya and Sudan, and uh, we're excited about having them with us tonight. Come on, Brother and Sister Groves. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I didn't, didn't know about that particular part, but I do remember... We had such a we we had such a wonderful time when we were here with uh, Pastor and Sister Domit, staying with their family, and I do remember I, one thing I cannot forget. I don't remember which one of the kids because um, my memory is not that that good right now, and they've all grown up. I can't even recognize your children. You may be seated. God bless you. But I remember uh, we were all getting ready to leave. And we were getting our trail. I think we had our little travel trail at the time, packing. And the whole family was about to go through the door. And we saw one of, I don't remember, sorry, if you, if, which one of them you might remember. One of uh, Brother, Brother and Sister Dummett's daughters coming down the stairs with her little handbag. And she was headed to Africa. Hallelujah. <laughs> she had felt the call, and she didn't even bother to tell her parents. <laughs> but she was going with us. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I never forgot. Praise God. Amen. But isn't that how God wants us to respond? That's why he said we must become like a little child. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. But it's so, such a pleasure to be back here be in this assembly. Uh, we have very, very precious memories of being with you folks. And again, Pastor and Sister Dominic, they have been so, so very kind. Uh, literally are overwhelming us with their kindness, put us up in a really nice place. Um, I don't want even to think about how much it's going to cost. But um, thank you, sir. We appreciate so much. Just trying to make things as I told him, he was making things really, really, really easy for us. Praise God. And um, we, we just appreciate everything that he's been doing, even in helping with our scheduling and all of that. Praise God. And, and we're especially thankful that we get together to be, to be with you folks tonight. Praise God. Amen. Um, we have a, a brief presentation. This is somewhat, uh, believe it or not, we're nearing our end of our deputation. But just to give you an idea of how hectic things have been, we... We still are working on our presentation. Praise <laughs> God. I don't think my, my son actually was supposed to be redoing. He did this. He and uh, his brother helped us to get this done when we traveled back in 2006. So you may see some things that, in fact, I think, you, if I'm not mistaken, if we had it done by then, you will see something that you recognize immediately. But So this is kind of a work in progress. And my son was supposed to be working on the real presentation, but... I, don't, I doubt if he's get that ready until our next four years. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I don't know what's happening with these young people, but they're so busy. They keep saying, Dad, I'm very busy. Praise God. I guess they're, um, they're running the country or something like that. I don't know what they're doing. Praise God. Amen. But um, we're going to uh, have you. Uh, you know, we just want we, we thank God, especially when we have a chance to come back to some of our partners. And share with you just a little bit of what God is doing. So after the presentations, we'll go by pretty quickly. Um, but I will possibly try and just update you and kind of highlight some things that the Lord has done since we've been here. 2006, that's a long time. Praise God. But um, the Lord's been doing some exciting things in Kenya and in Sudan. Now we have, we, when we were appointed, we were appointed to two countries. Uh, we were first appointed missionaries to Sudan. Uh, we went in and also um, to Kenya. Uh, the idea there was to go into Kenya. The Sudan was not open to missionaries when we were appointed. So we were, the plan was for us to go into Af the Kenya, wait until the Lord opened the door, and then 
be able to do that when he, do, when he allowed us to. Well, the Lord just took care of that because one year after we were appointed, um, after over, over 70 years of fighting, uh, suddenly they called a peace treaty in Sudan. And as a result, we were able to go in as soon as we got to the field. Praise God. So the Lord took care of that very quickly. And I do not take it for granted. I don't think it's coincidence that it happened one year after we were appointed. Amen. Actually, one, once we deputized, we deputized for two and a half years, I believe, at that time. Thank God for I am global. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> this time around, we, it's our shortest deputation. We only have to deputize 10 months. And so the Lord has really um, been helping us in that regard. And um, again, thank you folks for what you're doing for missions because you're really helping in so many ways. But uh, just as we go to see this, I just, I, I said, we thank God when we get a chance to come back because it, it, it just gives you an idea of what you are doing, you know, in, in practical terms in, in helping us to be able to reach the lost all across this world. I know you're making an impact locally. But believe me, you are making an impact, not only locally, but globally. Praise God. And uh, my wife often, uh, we, we often say that every soul we reach uh, um, with the gospel is a joint effort between us and our partners here in North America. And that is just the truth, because we could not even be there if it, if it weren't for you folks supporting us. Amen? So... You know, you may not have ever, you may not never get to meet them here on this side, but we hopefully will meet when the Lord comes. But don't be surprised if somebody comes up to you and says, thank you for what you've done, because as a result of what you did, I'm now, I've made it. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just before, I'm going to ask my wife just to quickly uh, stand. I know where time is, but I'm going to ask her just to greet you in Jesus' name. <laughs> just want to thank you so much for having us again, Pastor and Sister Dummett, and you precious saints of God. You know, thank you for the nice, beautiful accommodation there in the hotel. You know, we're enjoying it very much. Thank you so much for that. I won't say much, but anyways, God is good. He brought us back here one more time. 2006, I was telling Sister Domit, I'm older, but I'm still feeling younger. God bless you. We love and appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if we did, well, you know what, actually when we were here, we had not even actually been to the field yet. Um, so um, now that we've been there, you know, when you go to a, a new country, just before we have go, go on this little trip by way of this video, when you're planning to go to a, a foreign country, especially if they speak another language, it's good to learn a little bit of the language, you know, just even some little greetings, so we're going to... Maybe have you do that just to prepare for this tonight. Praise God. In East Africa, the main language that they speak is called Kiswahili, or Swahili for short. Um, and um, how many people speak uh, any Swahili here? Anybody? I guarantee you folks are not telling the truth, even though we're in church. How many have ever heard the term Akuna Matata? <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, that's Kiswahili. Praise God. In fact, I know that whole Lion King thing that I know that's what made that popular, that is actually based literally in Kenya. Uh, the whole backstory of that has come from. In fact, the interesting um, thing, you know, sometimes we think these things are just little things people come up for kids. And of course, it's geared towards kids. But people do a lot of research. As I say, they speak, they literally speak Kiswahili in that movie. Praise God. And some of the names they use are Swahili names. Um, how many people know the, the character, the, the, the name of the, the character that is the witch doctor in that, that? Rafiki, right? You know what Rafiki means? It means friend. Praise God. Can I tell you the devil is not your friend? <laughs> Praise God. 
that was not done by chance. That was purposeful. Praise God. But Jesus is our friend. We need to remember that. Praise God. Amen. And uh, that is just to let you know, some of the things that seem so innocent, just be careful. Praise God. Because there are, there are forces at work that are literally even trying to deceive the church. Praise God. Amen. But I'm glad to know that Jesus is my friend. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So he's my, he's my Rafiki. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus is my Rafiki. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But let's, let's, just, let's just try a little bit of Kiswahili that's not used in the movie. You won't see this. Um, but um, find a partner that you can speak to. It's a good thing when you're learning a new language. Praise God. And you're going to say to them, Buana. That's a fiwe. <laughs> say that again. Buana. Asefiwe. All right, say it to that person and shake their hand. Buana asefiwe. Hallelujah. Now you want to know what you just told that person, right? Praise God. Well, don't be embarrassed, but this is what you told them. <laughs> now I'm just putting your leg here. You, you actually told them something we often say to one another when we greet each other. And you just said in Kiswahili, you said, praise the Lord. Amen. So say it again. Buana asefiwe. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you meet, uh, that is if you, in general, as a Christian, if you meet somebody, you'll greet them that way, just like we do. But if you want to identify yourself and you greet one another as apostolic believers, one God, apostolic, you do it a little bit differently. And you may say something like this. Um, so, again, find a partner if it's the same person. And you say, Yesu, Nimungu. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I saw what some of you said, and that's not what you should say. Praise God. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. Yesu, Nimungu. <laughs> okay, greet that person again and say, Yesu, Nimungu. Hallelujah. And that is simply saying Jesus is God. How many believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> and if, if you go to the, in particular, if you go to Kenya, you hear, you'll hear that shouted many times. They just use it as a praise. And you'll hear them. So, in fact, let's just try it. After three, let's shout that praise. That the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Hallelujah. We don't just know him. We know his name. Hallelujah. And if you know the name of your God, it is significant because it speaks of relationship. Praise God. There are people who believe in, it's claimed to believe in God, but you ask them what is the name of your father. They don't know. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you don't know the name of your father, which is actually, actually happens in natural, in the natural it speaks, it, all it does is say there's a problem with the relationship there. And it, unfortunately, it does happen. Because sometimes people are born and they never meet their father. They don't know the name of their father. Praise God. But we know the name of our Heavenly Father. Amen? So after three, one, two, three. Yesu Nimungu. Let's clap our hands to him. Let's go in Jesus' name. In 2004, the Groves family were appointed missionaries to the countries of Kenya and Sudan, and in 2006 they began deputation. It was in January of 2009 that the Groves family arrived in Nairobi, Kenya. The population of Kenya, a country situated in East Africa, is over 43 million. Nairobi, the capital city, with a population of over 3 million, is now considered a major hub of East Africa. Kenya is also known worldwide for its abundant wildlife, year-round mild tropical climate, and the beautiful Great Rift Valley. 
The United Pentecostal Church of Kenya was established in 1972, and there are now over 400 churches with over 400 pastors and licensed ministers and over 100,000 constituents. During the last four years, the Groves have been primarily involved in overseeing and teaching in the Bible school, training pastors and leaders, establishing new preaching points in churches, and conducting national crusades. We give thanks for the support and prayers of all our precious partners, which has enabled us to accomplish many things. Over the last four years, we traveled all across the country of Kenya, as well as making several trips into South Sudan. During this time, we have personally seen literally hundreds of souls filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, and healed by the power of God, including several pastors and leaders from other religious groups. Crossing over the northern border of Kenya, you would find yourself in what used to be known as Sudan, Land of the Blacks, or ancient Kush. It is the largest country in Africa. Due to the war, missionaries were not permitted to enter the country. However, in 2005, a year after the girls were appointed, it was announced that a peace treaty had been signed, through which God opened the door into the country. On July 9, 2011, the Republic of South Sudan gained independence and a new country was born. The country's population is over 8 million and growing rapidly as many refugees return home. The capital city is called Juba. The country is rapidly being rebuilt now that the war has ended. With South Sudan's vast oil reserves, it is poised to become one of Africa's most vibrant economies. By God's grace, after several trips to the country, about a month later, on August 18, 2011, the United Pentecostal Church of South Sudan was registered in the newest country in the world. Given the UPC of South Sudan is an infant church, there is a real urgency in us getting back to the field to help nurture this young church. There is also a great need to establish a Bible school to train pastors and workers in order to effectively evangelize and plant new churches throughout the country. This presents a great opportunity for all who desire to invest in the Kingdom of God in East Africa. You can do so in two simple ways. Number one, 
Becoming a Partner in Missions or PIM. Number two, becoming a project partner by making a one-time pledge to our project funds. Will you consider investing some of your treasure in heaven for the people of South Sudan and Kenya? Thank you for the opportunity of sharing with you as we lay up our treasures in heaven. God bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So just to kind of just highlight some things, I know that went by pretty quickly, but um, even, even just more recently, um, just to give you an idea of what, what the Lord has been doing uh, in Kenya, I just got this report recently. And just to show you, you know, more and more it's becoming evident. Um, I think it's, it, it's always been that in the mind of God. Jesus said the world is the field. Praise God. So what you folks are doing here is no different than what we're doing over in East Africa. Praise God, what Pastor and Sister Domit are doing here is no different. Really, we, and my wife likes to say this, we're all missionaries. In fact, she says we're all foreign missionaries because this world is not our home. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> and to be quite honest, if we have that mindset, it will affect what we do and how we do what we do for the Lord. Praise God. If we remember, this is not my home. I'm here on a mission. Praise God. Praise God. And that mission, of course, has to do with reaching souls. Amen. And really, that's all that really, really matters. Everything else we do is, is kind of like a pastime. It's while we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. And, um, but just to give you an idea, again, how what we do even here impacts um, the, the church worldwide. In Kenya, just recently, we had one of our pastors, I think in, he's, he's a pastor, he pastors a church in Kansas. He um, had some Kenyan, a Kenyan family, I think, come to his church, but some Kenyans came, and he was able to, to minister to them. They heard the gospel for the first time, they received the message, they were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to share with him that they had people back in their village where they're from in Kenya, um, that they wanted to share this, this experience with them, this truth. And so he made contact with me, and uh, we started to make some contacts with regard to where these people were. And uh, some of our, our um, pastors, our bishop in Kenya, and uh, we were able to actually arrange where, um, because they actually said that he said he would be willing to even come and minister to some of these people that they were making contact with through this family. So we, our bishop invited him to come and preach in our general conference and then have some of our pastors travel with him to some of these areas um, to meet these folks. Well, cut a long story short, I just received a report. He just came back. Uh, this just happened early, uh, late in December, in September, sorry. And um, <clears throat> so this is very, very, very recent. And he, he sent me a report and he said, Brother Groves, just wanted to let you know uh, a little about what the Lord has done in, in our, um, through this, or this contact with his family. He said, when we went, uh, we, we went to the general conference at a great time. Then we went with some of your pastors uh, to meet some of these folks. He said, we ended up uh, ministering to quite a number of people. It was much more than we thought. He said, but we baptized 83 pastors in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Among many others. Hallelujah. I think they baptized well over 100 people, um, but he said 83 of them were pastors, and at least three of them were what they called the bishops, and they were over like 30 churches. Praise God. So, and they are now, right now, they're um, teaching their people, and the, 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 the hope is that they're going to be rebaptizing these people in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> He said that he has since been invited. He just emailed me again. He says he has since been invited by some of these uh, pastors to come back again. And they have already arranged for him to meet with 100 pastors. And he's going to be teaching them the oneness of God, the, the, the plan of salvation. And they're expecting again. Praise God. That just happened through one contact made here in North America. You never know. Praise God. 
what you're doing. But you know what? As far as God is concerned, he has one church and there is one field. Amen? And that is quickly, you know, we're living in that kind of um, situation now. We're with the advent of the, the World Wide Web and all that kind of stuff. We're all connected. It's very, very obvious. Amen? And so it, it's becoming that, that way clearly in the church. Um, it, that's now just, just recent testimony about what God is do, doing in Kenya um, and involving the North American church in a very significant and practical way. Um, <clears throat> said that to say this, that's why it's so important that we reach everyone. Praise God. I'm so thankful for a congregation like this because I see this, this, this is a multicultural church. And I've always said that my, my pastor, one of my pastors that I grew up under in the Lord, he always said, Brother Groves, the church must always reflect heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, I personally believe a multicultural church is going to always be more effective in reaching the community that God has called us to reach. Amen. And I'm so excited. I heard a little bit about what Pastor said that there's now, it's, you, are, you have planted a new work, and that is so exciting to see, because that's what, you know, what we believe is that if God, if we do what God has called us to do, and God gives us the harvest that he wants to give us, we will not be able to build a building big enough to house these people. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I think eventually, things are going to go right back to where it started in the early church. They met everywhere. They met in houses, they met in public buildings. You know, in fact, I think they had very few of their own buildings. But, you know, it's just because God is interested in people. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. But just to, in, in that regard, talk a little bit about what God is doing in South Sudan. South Sudan now, as you heard, is a brand new work, completely the opposite of Kenya. Kenya just gained nationalization. They are now an, a recognized, nationalized work. They, they celebrated uh, that um, event. Uh, Brother and Sister Adams, who are the regional directors of Africa, came, presented them with their um, certificate of nationalization, and it was a great time. Uh, but that just says that they are now a mature work, and we are, because of that too, we as missionaries are moving more and more into a supportive role. We still oversee the Bible school that you saw a while ago, um, but even that, we're quickly trying to turn it over to the national church. Praise God. Because primarily that is because we have also a baby church to be looking after. And that is the work we started in South Sudan. We say we're the pioneer missionaries to, the, to Sudan, which now, as you heard in 2011, that, that country was divided. And the newest country in our world today um, was born, which is called the Republic of South Sudan. And um, we are very excited. That's where we started uh, working in the, in the southern part of the country. And in 2011, we were at one month after they gained independence. We were there working before, prior to that. But because of the situation, we weren't, be able to, weren't able to officially register the church because nobody knew what was going to happen exactly. Um, but thank God, uh, one month after the, the country gained independence, we, we were able to register the United Pentecostal Church of South Sudan that gave us the ability to minister everywhere in that country. And if you think of it in terms of this fact that when we were appointed and many years before, we, missionaries were not even allowed to go into that country because it was under Islamic government and it was in, in full, full uh, civil war. Praise God. But the Lord gave us that ability to be able to actually register our church. Amen. We were very excited. The, in fact, four years ago, the last time we came back, we were talking about this. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get, get to come back to Radcliffe, but we were telling our partners about how that we had registered the church. We were excited. We had two small churches with about 200 constituents. But just to give you an idea of what God has been doing in this country since then, between 2011, 2012 actually, when we came back, 2013, we're traveling um, to today, which is about, if you take it from 2011, that's eight years, uh, 68 years. We now have over 48 churches in that country. Praise God, in that space of time. We have, 
We now, our constituency now is well over 20,000 people. Praise God in that short space of time. We, it's a complete, it's a, the, the, the oldest um, member of our church, the elder that we have there, it's a gentleman, we, my wife and I prayed with him, and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost the first, very first time we went to the country. Um, his name is Pastor Samuel, and he's been in the church for eight years. He's the most senior member of the church, so you can imagine how young this church is. Praise God. But you know what? That's what's so exciting about what God is doing. Praise God. Because we're, we're, we're having to, of course, do a lot of um, what, training as we can. To be quite honest, we tell our people that more, for the most part, you're getting on-the-job training. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's just so when they make mistakes, you don't, nobody blames us too much, but you know, we, we, we thank God, though, for the people that God is giving us. And I'm going to talk to, to us about a little bit about that um, shortly. Um, because the Lord has, has, has demonstrated to us what he's able to do with people who are willing. Not necessarily people who are so, so knowledgeable or skilled or, you know, have so much ability, but just people that are willing. Praise God. Because of the situation in South Sudan, to be quite honest, we had to use anyone that was available. Praise God. Hallelujah. And somebody said to us when we were sharing recently, they said, Brother Groves, you, you folks are doing some things out of the box. I, I said, to be quite honest, we don't even have a box. in. in so <laughs> I don't know where the box went, but <laughs> I think we're so far you know, from anything like that. And thank God, I, when I thought about that statement that a person makes, you know what? God is never going to be in a box. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You, I know we have the Ark of the Covenant, but he wasn't in that box. Believe me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, um, you know, it's so exciting to see what the Lord is doing. The last, we just started implementing, um, we're trying to teach them the importance of reporting. Not just doing the work, but reporting on what is being done. Especially given as our churches grow and they're in so many different areas and the, the country. Sudan is the largest African nation. And so even the, though it has been divided, the South, South Sudan is a massive country. And thank God we have churches now in every one of the three major regions. We have churches in all of these regions. Praise God. Um, but we've been stressing to them and trying to train them uh, to our people to... Um, report consistently. We're not anywhere near 100%. In fact, I'm constantly dealing with that, um, <clears throat> given many of our people are very, very young again and new. And, but, but just the last three months um, of 2018, after we implemented this reporting system, just the churches that reported, we were baptizing between five to 700 people in Jesus' name every month consistently. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is not speaking evangelistically. That is just really what... It, I, in fact, to be quite honest, I think we're, we're actually baptizing more people, but that's just of what has actually been reported. Praise God. Um, and it's happening. It's constantly happening. Praise God. But the exciting thing to us, my wife and I, is it is who God is using to do this. Praise God. Can I tell you, it's not myself and my wife. The, the, we, we play a part, yes. Uh, and thank God we have a part to play. But to be quite honest, if it were not for the people that God is raising up, reaching and raising up, con, you know, bringing to the knowledge of the truth and using them, we would not see even quarter of what we're seeing in this young country. Praise God. I'm going to share something from the word of God with you tonight in the time we have left. Um, <clears throat> I want to turn your attention to the book of Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 9 rather, praise God, hallelujah. Let me just apologize to the media people, I, I gave some scriptures, I hope I'm, I'm going to stick with them, but um, again, we're not used to being in a box, we'll just remember that, praise God, so we, we kind of forget it sometimes, but um, Matthew chapter 9 um, verse, I'm going to read verse 37, 38. It says, Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest 
truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And I'm going to ask us to read the next verse together. Verse 38. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> the background of this, in my Bible, it actually says, uh, there's a little title in, in, in the way my Bible is done. I guess the translators did this. It, it, it's, it has a little title. It says, Laborers for the Harvest. Um, the background of this, if you read a few verses before what we were just read, was that Jesus was here ministering to people. The Bible says he was going to, through all the cities, all the villages, teaching. He was preaching the gospel, it says, of the kingdom. He was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He was doing, Jesus was doing what Jesus does. Praise God. That that's was his mode of operation consistently. And can I tell you, church, we are the body of Christ. We should be doing no different. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, and so this is, while he was doing this, it, verse 36, I believe, was the one. It, it kind of almost gave us um, a, a, a picture of Jesus stepping back while doing what he is doing. Um, and he looked at the multitudes of people. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. And then he, sa- he made the statement. He said, because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. It kind of just gave us an insight into the heart, what was going on in the mind and the heart of, of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. You think about the term that he used. They were, they were like sheep having no shepherd. Think about what a shepherd does uh, for sheep. A shepherd feeds sheep. So if, if there's no shepherd, that, those sheep would literally die of starvation. Because it's a, it takes the shepherd to feed the sheep. You just saw some of the animals here that millions of people come to see these animals in Kenya. As I mentioned, lions, Lion King and that's, that whole story there was based on that. Because they are abundantly blessed with wildlife. But you saw some of those lions. Let me tell you what. You don't, those lions don't need anyone to help them to find food when they're hungry. They'll find food when they are hungry. Just make sure you are not on the menu. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Which unfortunately, unfortunately happens sometimes. But, um, you know, sheep, different story. Sheep, a sheep, sheep need a shepherd to find, even, even for their, their necessary food. But not only does, that, does, does a shepherd do that. Shepherd, if sheep has no shepherd, they have no direction. Because the shepherd is who leads the sheep. Praise God. They don't seem like they don't have any built-in compass or GPS, so we would say today. Praise God. They need a shepherd. Praise God. Hallelujah. A sheep without shepherd, they have no protection. It is the shepherd who protects the sheep. Praise God. They don't have a defensive mechanism. I've said even some creatures that we don't sometimes think about. Like think about the other day we were with some folks. Um, this pastor was telling us of their encounter with a skunk. I don't know if anybody ever encountered a skunk. A skunk, even a skunk has a defensive mechanism. Praise God. And if you mess with a skunk, you will be sorry. You will be the person coming out feeling sorry that you mess with this little creature. But sheep has, have no defensive mechanisms. Praise God. They depend upon the shepherd. So it, 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 just, it just tells you that when Jesus said this, he was just saying these people are in trouble. Praise God. They have no sustenance, they have no, no direction, and they have no protection. They are open prey for any predator that is around. Can I tell you, that's why I believe, the Bible says we are the sheep of God's pasture. Praise God. That's why we need a man of God like you have. I think we need to give God thanks for our pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Some people, I've heard some people say, oh, I don't need church. I don't need a pastor. I I beg to differ. God knows what we need, and that's why God gives us pastors. Amen? And in fact, Jesus said, if if anything happens to the pastor, the sheep will scatter. And I can tell you that will happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, but can I tell you this? 
That's not just true for us in here. That's true for every single person outside of these walls. No matter what kind of bank account they have, no matter what kind of house they live in, no matter what kind of car they drive, if they do not have what you have in a pastor, they are sheep without a shepherd. They're in trouble. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that is motivation for us to go and talk to them and try to in, invite them to, what, to experience what you have. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because that's what Jesus was saying. Praise God. Having said that, in his heart, he began to express some things to his disciples. He, the Bible says he looked at them and he, he brought this to He said, the harvest truly is plenteous. There's a great harvest here. Any farmer hearing that will get excited. And of course, this is farming language. Praise God. But he said, but the laborers are few. If you tell a farmer there's a great harvest, but then add those few words, that, that, that farmer will go from excitement to great concern. Because he'll recognize what you're saying is that there is a great opportunity here to have a great harvest. But there's also a great possibility we will lose this harvest because there's not enough laborers to bring in this harvest. Can I tell you, this, he's, Jesus is giving us an insight into the heart and mind of God. Amen? God is looking for a harvest. That's all that we're involved in here. That's why he said again, the world is the field. Because when he comes back, he's coming back for a harvest. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's going to be from this entire world. There is a harvest right here in Radcliffe. And can I tell you that? It's a great harvest. Hallelujah. Praise God. But notice what, what the Lord did the ne the, the, uh, in, in the next breath. He does something we do often, but Jesus rarely does. He gives a prayer request. He turns to his disciples, and having pointed this out to them, he tells them, Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now I want you to notice what the Lord did not do. He did not say, Pray for the harvest. How many people have ever prayed for souls? I've always I've prayed for souls, and I will continue to pray for souls. Praise God. But let me tell you, the, in this case, Jesus did not say, pray for the harvest. Because he just told you why. The harvest is great. Praise God. Can I tell you this? There is no problem with the harvest tonight. But he did tell them to pray for something. What did he tell them to pray for? The laborers. That's where the problem lies. Praise God. I, I, I really want you to, to see what the Lord is pointing out to us here. Because I really don't believe this situation is unique to what was happening then. I think it's still applicable right now. In fact, maybe more so because we're closer to the coming of the Lord than we have ever been. Hallelujah. We need to see this. Can I tell you, somebody just said this recently, and I totally, I was with a pastor in Chicago. And he said, Brother Groves, God did not call me. To build a, a big church, they have a they have they have uh, they have several they have a main church and have several daughter works. They're doing an awesome job. They have two services in their main service, in um, every every Sunday morning. And both were packed out. We were with them for both services. Both services were. What he said, he said, Brother Groves, God, when God called me to this city, and you know you heard the stories about Chicago. I told him, I said, Sir, I don't like Chicago. Because I've heard so much things. I said, God has to call me to this city. If ever, if ever you know, I, I were to come here. But I left Chicago with a completely different mindset after talking and seeing what God is doing and talking to that man. And this is why you don't hear these things in the media. But let me tell you some, something. That church and those churches that we visited, God is, is doing an amazing work right in the midst of the Chicago. <laughs> Praise God. In fact, <clears throat> that pastor, he, he was sharing a little bit about his background when he came. He said he's originally from Colombia. He said when he first came to the country, he was, he was a gang member. And you kind of know what goes on with some of that stuff. And to be quite honest, when, when he told me, I wasn't too surprised because you can look at him and tell this man is a serious man. I would want to. And then he said, Brother Groves, interestingly, I went from that to law enforcement. So he became, he said he was a, uh, one of those 
people who even went undercover with some of these drug cartels. Praise God. Um, and um, he talked about some of the things that the Lord, but he said, Brother Groves, God didn't call me to build a big, big church. God called me to reach the people in these areas. Praise God. And I really believe that statement is absolutely true for every, every one of us. Praise God. We get caught up a lot with numbers and, you know, wanting, but God called us to reach people. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Jesus said here, the problem is not with the harvest. Can I tell you, I've, I've not been in your city very long. I've seen, we drove a little bit around and I think I've seen, I've seen a lot of development and stuff that I think has gone on since we've been here in 2006. But to be quite honest, if I were to ask the question, have, has anybody noticed that in this area there is a shortage of sinners recently? Anybody noticed that? Nope. <laughs> I'm not surprised. If anything, there are more sinners than we've ever had. That, you know what that's saying? There's a great harvest. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that gets God excited. There's a great harvest. And churches should get us excited. Jesus said he has come to call sinners to repentance. He didn't come for the righteous. Praise God. The people that think they're righteous, they don't need him. Praise God. But he said, I have come to call sinners. Praise God. One time he was accused. They said, why is your, somebody asked his disciples, why is your master always hanging around with all these sinners? Jesus said, listen, the sick need a physician. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is the point the Lord is making. And this is the, what the Lord has brought to our attention. To show us what, why, what is happening in South Sudan in particular is happening. It, is, it is, has all to do with this statement. Jesus told the disciples, you need to pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, if the, you know, the, the translators are the ones who put in the chapters and verses. So if you read on, you will see where the story continues. In chapter 10, verse 1, it says, When he had called, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples who we were speaking to, he gave them power. Everybody say power. power. Against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. What was God doing here? He was simply giving them the tools to labor in the kingdom. Praise God. Church, this is the work of God. You cannot do the work of God without the power of God. Human ability will fail. Praise God. We need the power of God to do the work of God. Amen. We tell people that if you repent of your sins and you are baptized in Jesus' name, God will remit your sins. Hallelujah. One time Jesus asked some people, he said, what is harder to say to a lame man, get up and walk, or to say your sins are forgiven? You know, the answer to that question, it's harder for sins to be forgiven than for somebody to be physically healed. Because to us, none of us in here can, can have a, a person's sins remitted except through the power of God. That's what we don't realize it sometimes, but when we, when, we, when we baptize somebody and we say, we baptize you now in the name of Jesus Christ, and we call that name, and we dip them in that water, when they come up, you know what we expect? That all their sins have been remitted. That's what we're doing. We do it by faith, and guess what? It happens. Praise God. I've had people literally say to me, when they came up out of the water of the baptism, they say, I feel like a, a weight has been removed from my shoulders. Literally. Some people say they feel like, uh, they, uh, you know, they're, again, sinners, they express themselves like sinners. I've had people say things to me and how they feel after being baptized that I couldn't repeat here. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. They say it feels better than blank, 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 blank. Praise God. And they're just telling you, it feels out of this world. And what did I do? I just, we just baptized them in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. Something miraculous took place. Hallelujah. It was the power of God. Hallelujah. 
And that's why we insist, and the Bible insists, it must be done in Jesus' name. Because we tell people, this is what we, 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 we you know what? There's no power in water in and of itself than to just get a good bath. Praise God. But when you immerse somebody in water and call the name of Jesus, something miraculous happens. And that's why the name is so important. Hallelujah. Because the power is in the name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, glory. The Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Only the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. you may be seated. I, I've, I've literally heard people who were baptized in the tithes, fast, and the Holy Ghost and came to the revelation after struggling and resisting. And when they said, Brother Groves, when I was baptized in Jesus' name, something happened that never happened to me. When I was baptized in the title, it is because of the name of Jesus. It makes a difference. Praise God. And that's why the devil resists it so much. The devil doesn't mind when you pray over somebody in Jesus' name and they get healed. Because you know that person can still go to hell. Praise God. They'll just go to hell healed. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But if you baptize somebody in Jesus' name, if their sins are remitted. Praise God. And then we tell them after you do that, the Bible says you shall. Everybody says shall. You shall receive the Holy Ghost. You will speak with new tongues. We can't do that. The power of God does that. Hey. Hallelujah. But just quickly, if you read this, the scripture, my time is already gone, but let me just read this for you. He said, after naming these disciples, he said, he said, the Bible said, Jesus sent, these 12, Jesus sent forth. Everybody said, sent forth. Remember the prayer request? He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. That's exactly what he was doing. He had given them the prayer request, and then he was now answering the prayer request, which is what he normally does. When you and I pray according to the will of God, saints, we know, we have confidence he's going to answer that prayer. So Jesus is actually telling us here, this is what we need to be praying for. Don't worry about the, the sinners out there. God said that's a great harvest for you. Amen? What you need to be praying for is the laborers. Everybody said, that's me. <laughs> Praise God. We are the issue here. Praise God. Hallelujah. You read on the rest of the passage. You know what Jesus begins to tell them? He said, you're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're gonna, you can imagine them. You're going to preach the gospel. You can imagine them saying, Jesus, you are the one that does that. But he said, no, now you are going to do it. Because I've empowered you. You are now laborers. You see, you are no longer the spectators. Can I tell you, church, when we come to the Lord, we come to him as his followers. But that's not enough. He needs laborers. Praise God. And basically, that's what Jesus was telling these 12 disciples. He was doing the work, but he was saying, I need help. Praise God, because there is a great harvest here. Amen. Can I tell you, if God manifests in the flesh, Jesus Christ needed help. Your pastor needs help to reach the harvest that God has for you here. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah to be quite honest his job is primarily to train you folks to reach the harvest it's like a labor force here amen literally that's but you know what sometimes we do we get saved and we think god just put us here to just sit and enjoy the blessings the benefits if you may but can I tell you, if you get hired by a company and all you're interested in the benefits, you won't have that job very long. Because <laughs> you are hired to do what? Labor, right. Hallelujah. No problem with the benefits. It's there for you, but you have to remember you are here because you're here to labor. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Let me quickly go and we're going to close here. My, Luke chapter, this was, this was enough for myself and my wife. Because we believe, that's why we're seeing the growth in South Sudan that we've seen. Because what God is doing, he's not just, because we, ha, we had nobody else, saints of God. So we have to use whoever we, we have. And these were young converts. But you know what? We had to get them involved. Some of our pastors, they've not been in the church for six months. They're pastoring a church. Praise God. Talk about the box. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Hallelujah. I think if we, if we tried that over here, then we'd get in serious trouble. <laughs> Praise God. But thank God. Hallelujah. Let me, let me quickly go to Luke 9. Records what we just read in Matthew. He, Jesus called the disciples together, gave them power. Luke 9 verse 1. Gave them power and authority over all devils to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He just rehearsed what Matthew told us. Confirmed. But look, this is what caught our attention. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 also, other 70. And sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Listen to what he said. To them before he sent them. Therefore said the Lord. Verse 2. The harvest truly is great. But the laborers are few. When I read those words. I literally had to go back to Matthew. To see if Luke was just re repeating. What Matthew had told us. Completely different set of people. Completely different set of situation. But Jesus was telling them the same thing. There's a, there's a great harvest. But there are. There are few laborers. Look what he does next. It says, he said to them, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, that, the Lord, that, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. He gives them the same prayer request. I don't know if you've ever seen this happen, where somebody gives the same prayer request over and over again. What's that person trying to, I've seen it several times, but what's that person trying to communicate? They're saying this is not a casual request. This is something I need to be done. Church, can it be that God is trying to get our attention to say this needs to be addressed. There is a great harvest, but there are few laborers. Praise God. Can I tell you the problem here is not followers. A lot of people today, especially with the advent of social media, they are con everybody is, is talking about how many people are following them. But let me tell you what, even Jesus doesn't have one social media account that I know of, but he still has more followers than any of these people, right? But guess what? That's not the issue here. The issue here is the need for laborers. Praise God. Followers are just along for the ride and just enjoying the blessing. Praise God. But all I have to tell these folks who are so caught up with followers, just make sure you know who you're following. Because if you keep following them, you're going to end up where they end up. That's why I follow Jesus, because I want to go where he is. Praise God. But saints of God, let me close with this. Verse 3. This is what Jesus said. And my wife was the one who kind of highlighted this to me. It says, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. When I read that, she said, Patrick, you know what the Lord told his disciples? I said, I said yes, we... We, we immediately picked up on this because of what God is doing in South Sudan. And I think that's why she saw this. She said, he did not say, I send you forth as sheep. He said, I send you forth as lambs. That's young sheep. And, and when I saw that, I said, yeah. So that's exactly what God is doing in South Sudan. God is using young sheep. Saints of God, why would he tell them that? You know why he's communicating? He's saying, this is not going to be up to your ability, your knowledge. In fact, he said, I know you are young sheep. But he said, you are going to do the work of God. Because it's, about, it's not about you, it's about me in you. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, church, you may not feel you can do many things. You may feel, I could never preach like pastor. I could never teach a Bible. Maybe you're right. You could never do some of the things that, that, that our leaders do. But guess what? God is not looking at your ability. He's, look, he's just saying, are you available to work, to labor in the kingdom? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah.
We need laborers. God bless you, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. How many